Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we're going to be performing a fundamental stock analysis of the Estee Lauder Companies Inc., ticker symbol EL. Estee Lauder is the third largest position in the Fundsmith portfolio managed by Terry Smith, referred to as the English Warren Buffett. Historically, it's been a company that has been able to be light on capital expenditures while producing large amounts of free cash flow and achieving above average returns on capital. Over the course of the last year or so, their stock price has come down quite significantly, similar to a lot of other companies, and so that's why we're looking at them today. Currently, at the time of recording this video, they're trading for $245.54 per share. Year-to-date, the company's stock price is down nearly 34%. Going back over the past year, they're down about 25%. Going back five years, however... Estee Lauder has returned 21% compounded annually. Going back 10 years, that's about 17% compounded annually. And going back all the way to 2005, they produced about a 15% compounded annual return over the past 17 and a half years. Strong stock performance overall. The company is up 10 times in the last 17 years. Keep in mind that these returns are not including dividends. So Estee Lauder is about $30 over their 52-week low which is down quite a bit from their 52-week high. Estee Lauder is a large business. They have a $87 billion market cap. As for some more background about the business, Estee Lauder is the world leader in the global prestige beauty market, participating across skincare, which is 59% of their fiscal sales, makeup, 26% of fiscal sales, fragrance, 12% of fiscal sales, and hair care, which is 3% of fiscal sales, which is 3% of fiscal sales. They have popular brands such as Estee Lauder, Clinique, Mac, La Mer, Joe Malone, Avita, Bobby Brown, Too Faced, Origins, Dr. Jart Plus, and The Ordinary. The firm operates in 150 countries with 23% of fiscal 2021 revenues stemming from the Americas, 43% from Europe, the Middle East and Africa, and 34% from Asian Pacific. The company sells its products through department stores, travel retail, multi-brand specialty beauty stores, brand-dedicated freestanding stores, e-commerce, salons and spas, and perfumeries. Estee Lauder also holds licensing arrangements with other fashion brands. The company was founded in 1946 and is headquartered in New York, New York. For our fundamental analysis today, we're going to be performing a modified version of the eight pillar analysis originally popularized by Everything Money, taking a look at eight key financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Estee Lauder as a business based on those fundamentals. So let's get right into our analysis. Starting off with pillar number one, we want their average five-year PE to be below 22 and a half. So currently, Estee Lauder is trading at about 27 times earnings. Over this time frame, they've gone all the way to a low of 25 times earnings, so they're closing in on that, and they've traded at a peak of about 160 times earnings. A lot of this was thrown off due to disruptions caused by the pandemic in 2020, and overall throughout this time frame, they're trading at about 55 and a half times earnings. So while their earnings multiple has come back down to earth as the business has recovered, they're still trading above that 22 and a half times earning multiple. So that is going to be an X to start off on pillar number one. Next up, pillar number two, we want their average five-year return on capital to be above 9%. Over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is going to return approximately what its underlying business returns, and the underlying business returns are going to be captured here by return on capital. 
So in all five years, Estee Lauder earns above average returns on capital. They dropped to a low of 16% in 2020, and they've been rebounding steadily from that. In fact, over the last 12 months, they've averaged 24% return on capital. So that's a good sign that they're continuing to rebound. Overall, during this period of time, Estee Lauder is earning about 24% return on capital in an average year. So that's nearly triple the metric we were looking for at 9%. And that's our first check on pillar number two. Pillar number three, we're looking for five-year revenue growth. Estee Lauder has grown revenues from $11.8 billion in 2017 up to $16.2 billion in 2021. So that's a check here on pillar number three. Pillar number four, we're looking for five-year net income growth. Estee Lauder has more than doubled net income over this time frame. They produced $1.2 billion of earnings in 2017, and that increased to nearly $2.9 billion in 2021. That's a check here on pillar number four. Three checks in a row here, and so far through four pillars, we have three checks. Pillar number five, we're looking for decreasing shares outstanding. When you purchase a share of stock, what you're really buying is a fractional ownership percentage of that underlying business. When a business buys back stock and decreases the number of shares outstanding, they're increasing your ownership percentage in the business, ultimately increasing the percentage of the business's profits that you're going to be entitled to without you paying a dime. If a business had 10 shares outstanding and you own one of those shares, and without you doing anything, the business repurchased one share so that they're now left with nine shares outstanding, instead of owning one-tenth or 10% of the business, you now own one-ninth or about 11% of the business. Now, instead of being entitled to 10% of the business's profits, you're entitled to 11% of the business's profits, and you didn't have to spend any money for that privilege. Shares outstanding are something that a lot of people who put money into stocks are not looking at. It can really be a silent killer, unless you have some sort of disciplined and fundamental process that you're evaluating businesses through that's taking shares outstanding into consideration. You're not really investing, you're just speculating. Getting back to Estee Lauder though, over this time frame, they've decreased their number of shares outstanding just slightly. They've had slight buybacks, repurchasing about 1.5% of their shares outstanding. It's not much to write home about, but it's a good thing that a business, especially one that's established that's still earning high returns on capital, is not diluting existing shareholders. It would be very difficult for this business by issuing new shares to fund things like acquisitions to be getting enough value in return. In fact, even Warren Buffett has made this mistake by paying for acquisitions by issuing new shares in the past. He did so in the early 90s with some of the shoe businesses that Berkshire Hathaway purchased during that time frame. And in fact, he calls those investments some of his most costly mistakes of his entire career, simply for the fact that he issued shares for those businesses rather than paying cash for those acquisitions. Bottom line is that as a business issues new shares, unless they're getting equal value in return for those shares, they're decreasing your ownership percentage of the business. It's a good thing that Estee Lauder has been buying back shares. They're increasing existing shareholders' ownership percentage of the business, and that's a check on pillar number five. Pillar number six, we're looking for five-year free cash flow growth. Free cash flow is cash from operations minus capital expenditures. It's this column here in green. Free cash flow is the lifeblood of any business and can be used to pay dividends, pay down debt, make acquisitions, or reinvest back into the business. A business's ability to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day discounted back by some reasonable interest rate is ultimately how that business is going to be valued. So in 2017, Estee Lauder produced about $1.3 billion of free cash flow, and that has increased all the way to about $3 billion of free cash flow in 2021. 
So that is a check here. They've more than doubled free cash flow over this time frame. Looking at this free cash flow profile, we can also see that the rate that cash from operations and free cash flow has increased has been much faster than the rate of capital expenditures into the business. So their recent cash flow profile helps support their historical claims that the business is relatively CapEx light. Being light on CapEx while having high returns on capital is really one of the true hallmarks of being a great business overall. In an average year over this time frame, Estee Lauder is producing about $1.9 billion of free cash flow each year. So we're going to use that number coming up in pillars 7 and 8. Pillar number 7, we want their net debt, which is long and short-term liabilities minus cash and short-term equivalents, to be below their average 5-year free cash flow multiplied by 5. So up until recently, Estee Lauder did not have much net debt at all. In 2019, they had under $500 million of net debt. They added more than $3 billion of new debt in 2020. And as of the end of 2021, they had about $3.1 billion of net debt, which again is their liabilities that are left over after subtracting cash. So when we multiply their average five-year free cash flow of $1.9 billion times five, that brings us to $9.5 billion. So that is a check here on pillar number seven. This pillar helps us evaluate how the business utilizes leverage. And based on the numbers, if Estee Lauder keeps having average years like they have over the past five years into the future, they'll have more than enough cash to be able to pay off all of this debt and then some. The business employs a low amount of leverage relative to the cash that they're able to produce. That's a strong sign here that the business is in good financial shape and that they don't over lever to chase these high returns. Finally, the big pillar of them all, pillar number eight, we want Estee Lauder's market cap to be below their average five-year free cash flow multiplied by 20. This will help give us a reasonable starting point as to evaluation for the business. So currently, Estee Lauder has an $87 billion market cap. When we multiply their average five-year free cash flow of $1.9 billion times five, that only brings us to $38 billion. So that is going to be an X on pillar number eight. Based on that pillar, it looks like the business is expensive relative to its abilities to produce free cash flows. Last but not least, here we're looking at their dividend profile. Estee Lauder also has the reputation as a dividend growth stock. And in chasing dividend yields or the potential for future dividends, people make mistakes all of the time. It's important to stop and analyze whether a business's dividends are healthy and supported by their ability to produce free cash flow. Estee Lauder only has a 0.9% dividend yield, so they're yielding under 1% dividend, which is below the market. However, they've increased their dividends in four out of these five years. They did cut their dividends slightly in 2020, and at the same time, they've seen their cash flow per share more than double over this time frame. Last fiscal year, they only paid out 25% of their cash flows as dividends. It looks like if they're able to continue this cash flow growth, that they're going to be able to continue dividend growth now and into the future as well. Overall, their historical dividend profile looks like it's in good, healthy shape. Keep in mind that there aren't certainties in investing. It's a game of probabilities and that this could change potentially in the future. Although based on it currently, their dividend looks very strong and healthy. So in summary, Estee Lauder checks the box on six out of eight pillars. They're exhibiting very strong business fundamentals. They're a light CapEx business and they produce above average returns on capital. However, they're currently off based on our valuation pillars and the overall business looks expensive relative to its ability to produce free cash flows. But the business is not overly levered. They've been slightly buying back shares and they've had strong steady growth. So all of these metrics are things that you want to look at holistically. 
This type of analysis is a beginning holistic understanding and serves as a beginning starting point to consider whether it's worth your while to dig deeper into Estee Lauder and learn more about the business. This analysis is not financial advice and it should not be misconstrued as such. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of Estee Lauder. And just because a super investor like Terry Smith happens to hold it in his Fundsmith portfolio does not mean that you should blindly invest in the business. In order to be comfortable and competent to invest in any business, you have to understand what you're doing. And more importantly, you have to understand the business as if you own 100% of it, really understanding the essence of the business and knowing it inside and out. To learn more about Estee Lauder, I highly recommend checking out the company's filings, dive into their 10K, and read through their annual reports. The business had some hardship during COVID, and I'm sure it would be interesting to hear what management had to say about those hardships and how management is continuing to strategize and execute in a post-pandemic world. With that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of the Estee Lauder Companies, Inc., ticker symbol EL. If you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video. Subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Estee Lauder with me and have a great day.